Hello, I'm Monsignor Jim Lasanti. Today on Personally Speaking, I'll be joined by actor Jocko Sims. Jocko currently stars in the NBC medical drama New Amsterdam. Please stay with us. Hello and welcome to Personally Speaking. I'm your host, Monsignor Jim Lasanti, and actor Jocko Sims joins me now. Jocko's first series was the lead role opposite Dennis Hopper on the star's original series, Crash. And for five seasons, he starred as Lieutenant Carlton Burke in the TNT network hit, The Last Ship. Jocko currently stars as Dr. Floyd Reynolds in the NBC drama, New Amsterdam. He has recurred and or guest starred in several television series, including Grey's Anatomy, Castle, NCIS, CSI, and Bones. Jocko is a native of Texas. He graduated from UCLA with a degree in theater, and now he lives in New York City. He's here with us today to talk about his life, his career, his role as Dr. Floyd Reynolds in New Amsterdam, why the show resonates with viewers, and the values that matter the most to him. Join me now. I'm so pleased to welcome to Personally Speaking, actor Jocko Sims. Thanks for coming on, Jocko. Hey, Jim. How are you? I'm, uh, thank you. It's my pleasure. Good, good, good. Listen, we're going to talk about a lot of things, but the first thing I want to ask you for our listeners around the country who will be struck by the uniqueness of the name, Chaco Sims is not a name that you made up. It's your name. Tell us how you got that cool name. Well, yeah, you know, it is a funny story behind the name. I actually, uh, my legal name is Jackie. I'm Jackie Moore Sims III. All right. <laughs> now, I'm named after my father and my grandfather. And um, legend has it, the day I was born, my grandmother said, let's call him Jocko. It was not spelled the same. It doesn't have any particular <laughs> meaning. She just said, let's call him Jocko for sure. Now, my whole life, everybody had called me Jocko. My my mom has never called me on legal name or anything like that. So it wasn't until I was in kindergarten my first day <clears throat> and the teacher called me Jackie. And I said, no, that's my dad's name. <laughs> and she said, no, it's, it's, it's your name. And she showed it to me on a piece of paper. And I guess for, you know, a, a kindergartner, it was it was official. Then I went home and said, hey, what, what's my name? And that's when I learned that my name wasn't Jocko. So it was it's not a stage name. It's not my actor name. It's it's my name. <laughs> and it's given to you by a family member. That's a great thing. That's a great history. Uh, so however you want to say it, we love the name and we think it's a cool name. Now, Jocko, for our listeners around the country, is one of the stars of a show that I have fallen in love with called New Amsterdam and a whole different approach to, you know, there are four million shows that are medical shows, hospital shows, but this one is uniquely different. Uh, Jocko, I know why I love it, but let me ask you, do you have any idea why people are embracing the show that you're on now? I think there's a couple of reasons. Um, number one, we're, we're, diff- we're a medical drama, but we're different than your run-of-the-mill show. We're not running off, jumping into closets and, and, and <laughs> having sex in closets and whatnot. And shout, shout out to, to those shows that, that do it and do that well. But we're based on a true story. <clears throat> we're based on, on a book written by Dr. Eric Manheimer called 12 Patients, Life and Death at Bellevue Hospital. Right. And, and for those of you who don't know, he was the medical director at Bellevue Hospital, which is the oldest public hospital in America, for 15 years. So our show is based on a true story, and a lot of people have gotten that message, and they love it. But also, 
I think it's, it's the fact that we are, are showing the compassionate side that, that uh, we all hope exists in, in the medical world. You know, the reality is there's a lot of red tape uh, and bureaucracy that just gets in the way of the doctors being able to actually care for patients. <clears throat> and we're that show that kind of demonstrates this is the way that it should be. Right. And we're telling those true stories, and I think people are loving that. You know, you get to tell that story on New Amsterdam because you've made a choice to be uh, an actor. And I want to go back a few steps to that family. You mentioned Chaco before. Uh, most families I know don't mind if their kids dabble in the arts, but the idea of a career in the arts seems a little risky. Folks want their kids to have steady paycheck, uh, constancy in their life. Your family, what was their response to you saying, I'm, I'm, I'm going into the arts, I'm going into this indefinite field because I feel called to go there? Was it supportive or was it, hey, you know, dabble, but don't, don't jump in? Well, I'll tell you a funny story. I actually wanted to be a doctor when I was in high school. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I had never taken the arts. And as far back as middle school, my mom, talking about support, she, you know, listen, I was always, you know, kind of sort of musically talented, but just all for fun and, and, and artistic. And I would act scenes out and play pranks and, and do this stuff. So I would always entertain my family. And my mom used to tell me in middle school, she said, Jocko, you got to take a music class. You got to take a theater class. And the idea of that made me want to puke. Like, I just <laughs> said, no way. I'm not going to not going to do that stuff. This is for fun. This, that's not who I am. I'm, I like science. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I, like, I like these things. So I, I even got a medical symbol on my high school ring. And, and on my, you know, the customizable rings you could get right. for high school. It's a class of 1999, and I had my name and my high school. And on the other side, I had a medical symbol. I get to college, Jim, <laughs> and something hit me, and I'm like, you know, I realized I don't want to be in school for the next 12 years. Right. So what can I do? I finally take a theater course. And I, boy, I tell you, I fell in love with it. <laughs> and I, I fin- it was, school was still very important to me. I finished up at UCLA. I got my BA in theater and went on my first audition that I went on. I booked it. Yeah. And then I booked my second audition that I went on. And so I was like, well, this is <laughs> kind of <laughs> what I was supposed to do the whole time. And the funny thing is now I've been acting, I guess, professionally for about 17 years. I had been waiting to play a doctor for 15 of those 17 <laughs> years. And you know, so I can live two dreams, and here I am with the dream job. It's it's fantastic. We're talking to Chaco Sims, who's the star of New Amsterdam, a great guy and a great actor. I want to take you back to uh, to New Amsterdam for a second. One of the themes that uh, grabbed me when I was watching one of the episodes was uh, you going back and forth on uh, on did I have to marry someone who's African American or not, uh, and telling that one doctor I can't marry you, you're white. That was a pretty powerful scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you what do you make of the scene? What do you make of that in real life? Well, I'll tell you, the writer and creator of the show, my boss, David Schulner, uh-huh. he wrote that line. And, he, and, and, and David is a white man. Okay. And I read that and I go, uh, <laughs> are you sure you want to say this? <laughs> like, that's pretty powerful. This is going to rub some people the wrong way. And he said, yep, uh, that's what I want to say. You know, this is uh, where I want to go with this. And I was like, okay, where are you going after that? He's like, well, I don't, I don't know. Where shall we go? And I'm like, gosh. But what was awesome is, is it was a collaborative effort. He called me up and said, hey, how would you say this? And I put some things in there. And I got to tell you, as an African-American kid growing up with a single mom, uh, she, you know, we, we, we had those reservations. You know, they, 
they they want to keep the lineage going. They want you to marry somebody like them. And, and that's what you'll find in a lot of ethnic families. But on the flip side of the whole thing, which I found interesting, is like, you know, wouldn't some people say that this was racist if it was the other way around? Uh-huh. And so one thing is for sure. We got people talking online on in the, in the Twitter sphere. And it was exactly what David <laughs> wanted. He wanted to have conversations that people have at their dining room tables. And it's been interesting to watch it all unfold on the, on the small screen. Well, here we are still talking about it because it was an attention-grabbing moment of, whoa, I can't believe he just said that. But going back to, again, the plot line, we're talking here with Jocko Sims about New Amsterdam. One of the other things that, that you're pretty strong about on the show until a certain point is – I need whoever I'm going to marry to be embraced by my family. Now, I mention that because ultimately you choose to choose the person you choose. But in your own life, Jocko, how important is the approval of the people that you love the most, the people in your family? It's very, it's important. It's important. And not even just with your relationships. Like what girl you bring? Listen, my, my, my mom hasn't been excited about any girl I've ever brought. (laughs) It doesn't matter the color (laughs) of her skin. It's just, it is hard to, uh, sort of take over and, and, and fulfill those shoes that she's been there for, for her to let go. So that'll, that'll never change. And, um, (laughs) but yeah, just, you know, getting her approval on, on all things on, on, on jobs and whatnot. And, you know, I'm her baby Yeah, and she, uh, that's that's always going to be the case. Let's go back to the career question. Jocko Sims mentioned that he he gets you know out of school and, and he books the first job and the second job. But Jocko, you and I know because we've had thousands of actors on this show. Um, there are jobs out there that you are so right for that for one reason or another you don't get. How does Jocko Sims deal with disappointment, rejection, being let down when he knows I was so right for this? Um, now I'm not going to be much help in that area because I've, I've been pretty good you've been that. blessed you've you been know? blessed um yeah. i've been no i've been blessed that yeah, when i don't when i don't get the part i don't beat myself up about it but i do also not watch <laughs> whatever <laughs> it was that pairing yeah. that's hard it's hard for me to not get it and hey watch this guy who's not as good as you or was better than you <laughs> do the part so um i guess i think that's where i felt but I, you know for me i, I would tell other actors you know, you know what kept me going in the times that I didn't book roles or when the jobs were slow and the money was low, I, to remind myself that I'm supposed to do this, I would think about those little successes that I had along the way, um, you know, and things that meant a lot to me. When I was in acting class, um, I, I remember my fir- one of my first early acting classes, I had my, a professor uh, she pulled me aside and said, Hey, I want you to audition from here to go on to Juilliard. I think you could be at a better school and go to Juilliard. Wow. You know? And I said, really? And she said, yeah, she had her hand selected actors that she wanted to mentor and try to get us on this course. And, and here I am and, you know, working with her. And then finally I pulled her aside one day and said, Hey, you know, why me? Why did, and she says, that's a great question. She says, you're really good. Wow. She said, you're not great. You could be great, but you're really good. And that was 18 years ago. I never, 19 years ago, whenever it was. And I, 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 I always remember that. So whenever there was a time shortly thereafter, if I had an audition, I didn't go my way. I just would remind myself that I'm really good because here was this person that I looked up to who believed in me. And if it's not a story like that, if it's the last time you booked a job yeah. or the last time I've gone in and, and, 
I did really well. And the casting director said, you were the best one we've seen. Unfortunately, we can't give you the part, but <laughs> gosh, I wish I could. Those things keep me going. Isn't that great? So that woman planted a seed that has kept you afloat sometimes. That's a great story. I got to ask you, like you're talking about, I don't go watching the show. Jonathan Jackson is an actor who's a good friend of our show's uh, General Hospital Nashville, but he's like this super Christian. So I said to him, what are you doing? You don't get the part. Well, then later on, I see the actor who did get it, and I realized they were right for it. I'm like, that's nonsense. You know, why would you watch something? <laughs> You're not that good. Nobody, yeah, nobody's that good. Even nicer answer than mine. Well, he's yeah. he's he really one of those kind of guys who probably means it. But all right, let's go back to uh, the hospital experience for a moment because now you're playing this doctor, this heart surgeon in a hospital. Has Jocko Sims actually ever been in a hospital as a patient? Yeah, I mean, gosh, there's there's all you know. I've had for some reason. I mean, I've learned of late that your body changes as you get older in different ways. For example, you might become allergic to things you weren't allergic to before. But I found out the hard way uh, that my body changed, and after taking Advil all these years, for example, yeah. I'm allergic to ibuprofen. Wow! So in 2016, I had a, a few bouts of allergic reactions that I had never, I never, I didn't think I was allergic to anything. Yeah. You know, I, I, but I find myself being hospitalized because, I mean, it was severe. The hives were severe um, and they had to give me, you know, inject Benadryl in me and, and steroids and then get me back to, to normal. And that happened, uh, I had, I think, three or four times uh, between 2016 and 2017 because there was a few things that I'm finding that are, are my body no longer likes. So... Yeah, and that and and getting back before we get into uh, maybe a question you have about that, I, I, that's another thing I think that people like about hospital shows is that everybody is going to be in a hospital at some point in their life. Right. Um, I guess if you're lucky, if you're lucky, you know. Um, and you know, we've all have to deal with healthcare. If it's not us, it's somebody in our family. Yeah. So that's the the thing about a show like this, and particularly our show. We try to base it in reality. It's that. You know, this is something that people can relate to and understand, the good and the bad. Jocko Sims is our guest. His show is New Amsterdam. Back to your parents for a moment. When you look back on your early life, what did they do right? Gosh, my parents gave me a lot of love and a lot of support. Um, my parents did actually uh, got a divorce when I was about two years old. They were real young when they got married, had me, and they were way too young to know what they were doing, so they separated and I have, I don't have very few memories of my parents together. The idea of them being together would be weird. To me. Right. But, um, my dad's my best friend. My mom's my best friend. Isn't that great? They both are just so supportive. And, and, you know, we, we never imagined that I'd actually be an actor. So still today that this stuff never gets old. I, I just did an interview somewhere and it, it landed on the news, the local news here. And I'm in New York city right now. Right. And I sent the video to my dad and I sent it to my mom and they're just like amazing. And they were just, we're so in awe about it. Sounds like they did a lot. They did a lot, right. They were, they were just fantastic to me. Just still very supportive and loving. And I love them for that. One of the things I wanted to ask if they did, because it comes up as a theme sometimes on your show and other themes, other shows, um, did your parents in any way prepare you for the fact that good as America is, we still got a lot of distance to go in terms of being able to beat the, the curse, the sin we call it in the church of racism? Were you prepared for that? Um, I think when it first when I first experienced racism, I wasn't prepared. Um, uh, I remember there's this, uh, little girl, innocent little girl at the time, sweet. I was seven. We were in first grade and we were sitting in a circle all together. And I, 
And she said, you stink. And I looked around because I was like, I didn't, I didn't know who she was talking to. And I, I said, she goes, yeah, you. And I said, I do. And I was like, Horf. I was like, wait, what? She goes, yeah, all black people stink. Oh. And at that moment, I realized I'm the only black person in here. I didn't even realize it. You know, when you're young, you don't pay attention to these things. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, that's when I learned that I'm different from everybody I'm around, I guess. And so I went and I didn't know what to do. I told the teacher, I said, she said this thing and she pulled the girl aside and, and she talked to her and she apologized to me. And we had a fine school year, <laughs> but the, that I learned a lot of things when I, when I think about that, I think back, well, they've learned that from somewhere. Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of kids are being raised with that hatred in the home. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing that we have to unfortunately battle and deal with is, is these, these young minds that are, you know, being taught this stuff. But, um, so yeah, I would obviously go home and talk to my mom about stuff like this. And, and that's when I slowly began to see that there is some bad in the world. Now, how I, I mean, I, I try to find good in, in everybody. <laughs> I've been in discussions with racists. <laughs> I, I, I grew up in Texas. I, I went to school with, uh, with skinheads that wear the suspenders, their balls straight up. And, <laughs> it's, you know, I'm just, and it's so funny because you get in a conversation with someone like that and, and know that I haven't, it's been, I don't know, in high school, the last time I had a conversation with someone on who's extreme, extreme on that end. But I, it's thinking back, it's like when you strip down the layers, it's almost as though there isn't even any actual hate there. It's just the environment there is. Like they were told this is the way to be, or they uh, aligned themselves in a group that, you know, gave them some, some solace and some peace and, and made them happy to hate. Other, I don't know. It's just so strange. But I always try to look for the good in people. That, that, that's great, Jocko. And I, I wish that would spread everywhere. You know, there's a song in the musical Into the Woods, Stephen Sondheim wrote called Children Will Listen, Children Will Learn. And when I'm baptizing babies, I always, when I'm baptizing, I also bless their ears. And I say to the family, these kids don't know any of the bad stuff, not the cursing, the lying, the swearing, the racism, the prejudice, but they're going to learn it. Don't let them learn it from you. Because I think you're right. Most of the stuff that's really important, we get at home. And and uh, that little girl obviously got her from people that she was close to. And uh, we have such power to form and shape young people not to embrace racism. But I wanted to ask you, too, and you had to know, being interviewed by a pastor, I would raise this, but what about your spiritual life growing up? Were you introduced to a spiritual life early? Did, it, did you come to it later in life? Tell me about Jocko Sims and his spiritual life. Absolutely. I went to New Creation Christian Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. Every Sunday we were there, me and my mom. Um, she, uh, found God early on and I was baptized and, and that's what we, what we did. And, um, so yeah, I've, I had found God early on in life. Uh, uh, not much by choice. My mother wasn't going to have it any other way, that's for sure. Yeah, that's what I mean about forming and shaping children. By the way, you didn't have to tell us you were in New York today. We just heard the fire engines and the sirens behind you. <laughs> you know, it's part of the tape. All day long. I don't even hear that. In, I don't even hear that anymore. I'm so used to it. It's so it's so amazing. But yeah, I, I, and I, I love it. I love this. It's city. part of it's Fantastic. part of the experience so of New York. And uh, let me let me move from the spiritual life to something else that's kind of important in your world. Uh, you're this young guy. You're in great shape. You, you, you're, you look wonderful. For the folks on radio who don't know what he looks like, he looks great. But 
in, in all of us, there's the process of aging. And you know as well as I do that in, in acting and in movies and TV, sometimes the, the culture of, of entertainment worships youth and looks. Um, wh- how, do you, how do you process the whole process of, of aging? Well, uh, I, I haven't been handling uh, it that well. <laughs> I've, uh, my, listen, my metabolism has been slowing down since I've been in my 30s, but I think last year it just came to a screeching absolute halt. <laughs> And so my habits, you know, I used to get away with murder, being able to eat whatever I wanted. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, quiet as kept. I, I'm not a big gym person. I hate working out. Uh, honestly, this sounds crazy, but maybe twice a year I would get in the last couple of years. <laughs> but now that's has to, that's that, you know, as soon as I moved to New York, uh, that, and then it's the timing of that. It's, it's changed. So for me, it's like first the discovery of like, wow, this is actually happening. This isn't great. And, and having to find, you know, different clothes and whatnot, it's, it's rough. But I think once you, it's just the adjustment. It's having to adjust. It's having to watch what you eat. And listen, I know, for example, I love bacon. Nobody loves bacon more than me. <laughs> I know it's bad for you. I know it has more carcinogens than, you know, than a cigarettes or a pack of cigarettes, whatever the fact is. Right. Um, and, and it's just making that adjustment to cut it down to maybe a couple times a month or not at all. And that's the hard part. And I think that's the hardest part of aging, just realizing that you got to care a little bit more if you want to be here for a while. So those of you around the country who are listening to the show and you're fans of Jocko Sims, you could send them packs of bacon. Don't do it. Don't do it. The man can live without it. You know? <laughs> I got to ask you this too. You know, absolutely, Jocko. When I uh, on weekends when I do weddings, I usually uh, ask the couple, "Look, help me to preach better by uh, writing me an essay of all the people in the world you could marry." There's billions out there. Why is this the one? You know, I know now you're you're not hitched yet, but if I asked you to write that essay someday, what are you looking for? Gosh, I would. For I mean, you, you're talking about in a woman, right? Yeah. Is that what you referred to? Yeah. Okay, so I don't know if you're, you're, you're spe- something you're, else in life. No, your spouse. Um, what, what I would be looking for is somebody who, one, is very accepting of of me, my idiosyncrasies, and my my uh, humor. I have to be somebody really funny and just take care of me, and who somebody's very appreciative. I mean, there's a there's a long list of things I could I could put on there, but. Yeah, you know, it's just it just has to be right. It has to be a right fit. It has to be almost magical and feel good and easy. It should be easy. Yeah, and and would uh, would the person would you do the same for them? Hundred percent. Okay, so, I would love. To. So, so, so so I, I would. I, that's, that's crucial. So it wouldn't just be that they should be there to take care of you. You you plan on saying, hey, I'm committed to. Oh, oh, see, for me, that's a given. See, that's why I answered what what would uh, I be looking for. And, and her, because that's a given. I'm, I'm, I'm a caretaker by nature wow. as, as well. So, and I, you know, it's, it's not often that you find caretakers that, that, that you can uh, take care of each other. So that's special. I promise this is my last question. Jocko Sims, star of New Amsterdam's our guest, great actor, terrific human being. But um, let, let me ask you, a lot of people in our country are not hopeful they, they get really caught up in the negativity of our culture. And you sound, just from this time we've spent together, like upbeat, happy, positive person, seeing the glasses half full instead of half empty. Where in Jocko Sims does that positive spirit come from? And how do you keep that spirit alive? I don't know. And uh, 
to uh, be revealing. My family's not like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. I just got off the phone with my mom and she was telling me how she was thinking to herself the other day, how positive I, I am uh, about other people and people around. For example, you know, I, we, we all have, have had haters out there. I've had quite a few in my life and it always baffled me when you have someone who's supposed to be a friend, for example, when in your face they're rooting for you and then you find out through conversations or whatever, they're really not rooting for you. They're rooting for your demise and it's so hurtful. Right. And for me in particular, it's so strange because I am rooting for them so hard. <laughs> I have put my time, I have put countless hours into helping people achieve their goals. It started when I was in college and I started booking my jobs while I was still in theater school. And the people uh, around me, my, my fellow peers, a lot of them weren't, weren't doing it. In fact, none of them were booking while we were in school. And we were in school so that we're paying all this money, getting this degree so that we can do this. So mentally, I was transitioning into this next phase. But a lot of them were struggling. So when they had auditions that come along, I would say, hey, let me help you out with that audition. Let me coach you. And I started doing that back in, I don't know, 2004 or five. And the most recent one I, I did was last year. And in all of those years, probably well over a hundred different uh, actors and countless hours, I haven't charged a single dime for my coaching and my time. Wow. And it's just because I want to see, I want to see them succeed. Yeah. I want people to succeed. And I, I, I don't know. I just, uh, it's in me, but I thank God it's in me because I tell you what's not good. That jealousy spirit, that energy, that, that hatred, it can take a toll on you. I, and uh, I'm glad I don't have that. I want to thank Jocko Sims for being with us. I hope our listeners around the country will tune in and see New Amsterdam. It's a great show. It's a moving show. It's a human show. Uh, he said earlier in the interview, Jocko, that it's it's one we get to see compassion as part of medicine, part of the medical experience. And, and he's right. It's written with compassion, and it's worth your time. It's genuinely a unique, wonderful show. Uh, but also, it's got a great actor named Jocko Sims, who I, I hope we get to know even more in the years ahead. Aside from knowing him, though, is a great actor. I hope during this interview, people have learned that this is also a great man with a positive spirit who genuinely wants good for others and sees the glasses half full and, and, and celebrates life every day and is grateful for the opportunities he's had and wants to share his gratitude with others. Just a wonderful, happy, upbeat, positive spirit. I'm glad he's had the success he's had, and I'm glad that he continues to share his blessing with others. Jocko Sims, thanks so much for being on our show and, and much success to New Amsterdam. Thank you so much, and uh, I love being on. I look forward to hearing it back, and uh, I look forward to being on again with you. You're, you're a great interviewer. Thank you so much. As we end today's program, I want to thank you all for being with us. If you have any questions or comments about the show, you can send them to me through our website. That is www.CloseEncounterTV.com. Again, www.CloseEncounterTV.com. Or if you want to listen to past personally speaking episodes, go to the same website. Just click on the radio button at the top of the page. Please be sure to visit that site and encourage others to do the same. And you can also listen to past personally speaking episodes by going to www.ollmp.org. Again, www.ollmp.org. And you'll not only get the show, but you'll get weekly homilies by Monsignor Jim Lasanti. I'm privileged to serve as host and executive producer, personally speaking. 
Our producer is Lisa Jandovitz. Our engineer is Chris Wallach. And our audio facility is Dream Recording Studios on Long Island. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be with you again next time on Personally Speaking. <laughs>